This is One Pretty Ricky, and you're tuned into the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast. This show covers the latest and greatest from NDSU men's and women's basketball, including interviews with key Bison players. Let's join the man rolling with the thunder, your host and my friend, Brandon Geffrey. Welcome in to another episode of the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast. As my boy, One Pretty Ricky, just told you, I am the host of the podcast, Brandon Geffrey. Uh, you can find me on the podcast, the, on, find the podcast on Twitter uh, at TH Hoops Podcast uh, and personal uh, myself on Twitter at BGEF08. Uh, definitely get us a follow there, catch all the latest episodes uh, and any news that's going on. Uh, and also, uh, check out one pretty Ricky on Twitter, uh, or Instagram or Facebook, any of his social media platforms to find him at an event near you. Uh, and also watch for his new mixtape dropping Friday, February 3rd. Uh, got a ton to get to today, uh, going in a completely different direction, uh, than usual. Got a, a, a couple of special guests. Uh, I'll get into that in a minute, but First thing I want to say is uh, this podcast releasing on Wednesdays. It's Happy National uh, Girls and Women in Sports Day. Um, I think it's a fantastic day that should be celebrated every day. Um, but uh, definitely, um, you know, look on the posts and and give support to all the the females that you know out in in the world of sports uh, on this day. Uh, you check out a great video. Uh, I retweeted it on Twitter. Uh, friend of the friend of the summit league, uh, Madison, she, she, uh, puts on the reaching the summit women's basketball podcast. Uh, she put together a great video, um, for the day. Uh, so you can check that out there. Uh, well worth eight minutes of your time, uh, to check that out. So, uh, with that today, uh, I got Todd Buckingham who is, uh, leads the charge on the reaching the summit men's basketball podcast um got him coming in uh we're gonna talk everything summit league uh see how we think see things kind of shaking down shaking out down the stretch here uh and then i also got uh, my buddy tim hill uh who's another writer uh for reaching the summit podcast site uh, as well as has his own podcast uh to talk a little bit about uh what's been going on with sdsu uh and preview uh the matchup this weekend at frost uh in the men's game so uh coverage outside of that's going to be a little tight interviews uh went a little long as uh they usually do um and so we'll uh just kind of look back quick um at some things and then kind of go from there uh also stick around to the end of the podcast when we talk about the women's uh team here a little bit uh first time ever i'm gonna do a ticket giveaway uh to the ndsu women's game uh this weekend against sdsu on saturday so um find out how you can get registered for that uh, and get yourself a pair of free tickets uh, to the game this weekend. So uh, with that, I just want to jump in um, on the men's side. You know, last weekend was just one game. Uh, UND uh, came to town and fantastic crowd. I think it was the best crowd that I have seen in the in the shack uh, since the opening night. Um, you know, Oral Roberts was also a great crowd, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure there are more people there Uh on Friday evening than there were for the Oral Roberts game. It was a great crowd. They were treated to a great show. Um, NDSU was down. Andrew Morgan, his grandma, uh, unfortunately passed away. Our thoughts and prayers were with him and his family uh, last week as they went through that. Um, but Grant Nelson uh, stepped up, took over, and absolutely dominated uh, UND. And the Bison men rolled rolled to a 91-75 victory. Uh, Joshua Streit, uh, three for three from the field at six points and eight boards, uh, rocking the Andrew Morgan uh, headband in tribute to him, which was awesome. Uh, and then, you know, the rest of the team chipped in and did their part. Um, defensively, a little lackluster in the first half. Um, they only gave up, you know, 49 uh, points to, to UND uh, the entire first time they met. Uh, they gave up 46 in the first half in this one uh some of that just due to some good shooting uh by und and their their evolution of their offense to to kind of chuck up some threes uh but clamped down quite a bit in the second half held them to 29 second half points and and spread that game out uh from there so great performance by the guys um bone scunberg stepped up quite a bit didn't shoot that well from uh from three like he has been but did score 17 points have seven rebounds um you know, as I mentioned, Grant Nelson with his 36 and seven and three blocks, 
a couple of those blocks were were very noteworthy and a couple of highlight real dunks uh, again in this one. So tremendous game to Javis Miller had a really nice game. He scored 10 points on four or five shooting two for two from the three. I had five boards, three assists. Um, you know, Jakari White struggled a little bit to shoot, went over three from downtown. So nice to see that once some of the guys that are, have been rolling and get a little cold, that somebody else can step up uh, and the team overall played really, really well. So um, with that, I don't want to waste any more time um, covering what happened last week. I'm going to get to the interview here with, with Todd and, We'll talk everything Summit League hoops, um, preview uh, USD a little bit at the end of this interview, um, and then I'll come back uh, after that, and we will jump into the next segment. Now I'd like to welcome in uh, Todd Buckingham, the founder, creator, CEO, whatever you want to call him, El Presidente of Reaching the Reaching the Summit podcast. Um, welcome in, Todd. Thanks for joining me uh, this week on the show. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad to be on. I, I typically go by El Presidente, so I'm glad you brought that one. In there. <laughs> Perfect. But, uh, yeah. Um, first, first thing I want to I want to thank you for starting reaching the Summit podcast. Uh, I I've been an NDSU fan for we we don't have to put dates on things, but a long time. Um, but I never really, I guess I didn't watch or cover um or know what's going on in the rest of the league probably as much as. I have in the last couple of years following this and just being uh, in the group with the other writers and, and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, there's probably, I knew teams, I knew coaches, I knew a couple of the best players, but I mean, I know probably 95% of every team's roster, if not more yeah. uh, across the league and um, you know, really, really helps uh, everything. So kudos to you for getting it going. And I, I think it's great for the league and you just want to tell everybody uh, a little bit about where they can find it and who you got on there. Yeah, yeah. So the Reaching the Summit podcast is what it's called. Our Reaching the Summit College Basketball Podcast. You can find it wherever you get um, podcasts um, under search. There, it's on Spotify, especially for Spotify, but Apple, any of the any of the podcasting things. And it's myself, uh, then Greg Steeman, who works with Midco, and Zach Dosh, who works with Midco, also. Um, so yeah, I I'm really happy. It's our third year doing the podcast. Um, now, Brandon, you've got an offshoot with North Dakota State. Jacob has one with South Dakota State. So there's, it's, it's, I, to me, this is all about growing, uh, the the league, and and was sort of an accident. I just started this as a thing. I my boys were getting a little bit older, and I wanted something to do with them. And I thought there's a conference that's close enough to drive to basketball games, and so I wanted to kind of learn more about it. If I was, I started tweeting, and then. Yeah, opportunity to do this came up, and so yeah, I couldn't have asked for more. So now here we are, everybody's podcast, and I just yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. And I always say, if 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 something else becomes bigger, I mean that's better for the league. I'll I'll just go back to watching the games and tweeting a little bit. So <laughs> right, whatever. Right, it's so. certainly less work if that if somebody else beats me out at it. So absolutely. Yeah. Um. So getting into the league a little bit. Um. Over the last uh two three weeks here um players I, I think we've seen some of the elite of the elite kind of rise to the top of their game here uh Masner put up 99 points in a week last week ace miss has been ace miss uh full yeah. goal he had a uh, he was a little up and down to start the season but he's been full goal in some elite play uh Zeke Mayo uh has been everything for SDSU essentially uh, and Grant Nelson for NDSU has been uh, had some huge games. So um, just, you know, those four, um, you know, what have you seen from them uh, really that's changed from the beginning of the year uh, till now and your, your eyes kind of watching them across the league? Yeah, so I, I think the first thing when you talk about those four is star power just matters. Uh, you know, uh, there's a few teams with some nice players, but those four stand apart and, and it's showing – in the standings or even if not, I mean, the standings are pretty jumbled in the middle, but, <laughs> but I think if you think who makes it through the summit league tournament, it certainly feels like it's those four teams. And I think those four players are a big reason why. Um, and so Max, I, I think we've kind of just, he's, he started off shooting slowly, but anybody who's watched any summit league basketball in the last few years knew that that wasn't going to 
keep happening. And now he's just back to his, his old level. Um, I think the, the player that doesn't get talked about enough is, is Trent Masner. Uh, honestly, I think Western Illinois is a bottom two or three team in the league if he's not on that team. And, and I, so I sent out a tweet and I, I, I think I'd still vote for Max Asmus for MVP, but I cannot be mad at anybody that votes for Trent Masner. Like if, if we're really talking most valuable player, he, he does everything. If, if he's six, five, instead of six, two, he's John Conchar. So, yeah. Um, so those have been around the league a little bit. He's, he's a special player. Uh, and, oh yeah. So and I it, think doesn't just on the, the couple of games he missed early in the season, they were a, train wreck offensively oh, so i yeah, mean it, i mean you saw what they would be without him so yeah i 100 percent agree on that yeah there was a game the game he got hurt in i think against youngstown state they were leading and he got hurt and youngstown went and youngstown's a good team out of the horizon they're a decent team but they went on like a 30 to 2 run <laughs> after he went out i mean it was just they didn't even know what to do on offense anymore because he's not just a scorer and neither is is Max Asmus or Zeke Mayo. I mean, none of them are one dimensional players necessarily, but he's elite at at distributing, at rebounding, at at uh, scoring. So he's um, and then you go to to Zeke Mayo, and and I think it's just was confidence. You know, he yeah. had to take on a different role with Baylor Shireman and Douglas Wilson on the team last year. He was kind of just a complimentary player, and you saw sparks of it early in the year, but now it's just. I mean, he's kind of in the Masner role. There's not a lot of other consistent offense on that South Dakota State team. Um, so if he's not going there, in a little bit of trouble too. Um, and then you got Grant. And I think the benefit that Grant has along with Max Asmus is he's got another guy or maybe Max, even a couple with Isaac McBride and Connor Vanover who can do some big things on offense. So you got Andrew Morgan and Grant Nelson. Um and and so you don't need Grant to just be the guy, but if he's not, I remember one of the broadcasts, Greg, who does the podcast with me, um, said if Grant Nelson or Andrew Morgan don't touch the ball on this trip down, and I can't remember what he said after that, <laughs> but I, I thought that's every Bison fan yelling at their TV at the same time. That's me at and, the game yelling the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> throw the ball and, into the post. And it doesn't mean they have to shoot. It just opens up everything else. And then you got, you know, Jakari and, 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 and all the other guards, Bowden who can, who can hit shots, but they're not at the point in their career to create yet. And so, or at least not consistently. And so you get it into those two big guys and it just opens everything else up. Yeah. I think. And, and Grant's probably the most likely to play in the NBA out of those four guys. I think he's, he's probably fourth in the MVP voting this year, but, that's because of some really good players. Um, it's 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 weird because there's a really good – those four guys are all really good. And then there's not a lot – there's just more depth with, with good players last year and years before. Yeah, um, yeah. I think across the teams, you know, you saw a little more depth. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, on Nelson's point, Morgan obviously right there. Uh, Bowden has really – he's almost gone – what we saw with Tyson Ward a few years ago, he's yeah. been really dominant uh, backing smaller guards down uh, and yeah. creating shots that way. But yeah, uh, DeMar Wheeler Thomas, I think is the best creator for NDSU off the dribble uh, at this point, Jakari White showing a little bit of it, but he gets a little, a little loose with the ball sometimes. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see there. So I got, I got a note here. I got, if we talked to Andrew Morgan uh, outside of those four, you know, first team players, Andrew Morgan's up there. I got, Shamari Allen, Raquandis Mitchell, Andrew Rohde. Which one do you think's got the best shot? And is there anybody I'm missing there? I, I think Connor Vanover deserves to be mentioned. Um, both on both ends of the floor. But I think it's Shamari Allen. Uh, I, he's an incredible story, too. I, I mean, he barely he played plenty, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game last year, but he was just a guy trying to play some defense in that in that football game of a basketball game that Kansas City <laughs> played and they still play really good defense but it's not quite as physical as it yeah. used to be and he's doing everything I, I don't have the stats in front of me he's probably top 10 in rebounding assists and and scoring in yeah. the league and he can he could barely he, I don't know if he made a three last year he didn't and hardly shoot any yeah, yeah. I mean, it was and I, so he's shooting 38 you know high 30 percent from three and big shot after big shot I I think I'd put him 
him on there. Yeah. Um, and if not him, I think Morgan, Vanover, those are probably the other two guys. I thought the US, the South Dakota guys, there somebody would step up there, but it's just kind of a mash of guys. Cruz Barrel Hunt's probably the yeah. I would uh, say I'd say Pair Hunt's top there, but he's he's kind of went cold lately, and it's showing with us yeah. USD struggling a little bit. So, yep. um, yeah, no, that's that's kind of where we see all that at. Uh, and I just want to touch on Shamari Allen one more time. I you had him on the talked about him a lot on the podcast on Sunday um and where you know he was hardly playing i mean he, he playing a ton of minutes hardly shooting the ball and we yeah. had him preseason rankings i think you had him last i think i had him i think i had him eighth i think i had i think <laughs> yeah. i had him above omaha and und um yeah. but i was, was able to make amends didn't... with the uh with the kansas city <laughs> analyst that was on the podcast for, for picking them 10th at the beginning of yeah. the year but yeah. but but we we had that discussion at the beginning of the year on who was who was going to score for them we didn't yeah. we yeah. didn't know and anderson cop was the guy we thought would lead the scoring and he's played all of yeah. four games so far so yeah. um i think alan and, and mitchell both uh really are why kansas city's where they're at is just they can became completely different players uh this well, season so and and that's why you know whatever predictions are predictions like I, you know the thing is I, I, I whether I'm right or wrong on that I've watched more Summit League games than the people c- complaining about what right. I picked so like the reason you pick them tenth is because Raekwonis Mitchell and Shamari Allen were both role players and they're expected to be the guys well they are the guys I yeah. just don't know why you would know that it. If just after based watching on what they've the done in before. their career up to that point, yeah, yeah absolutely. And especially if if you told me Anderson Cop was going to be out the rest of the year after playing four games, I'd be like, "Yep, I'm going to be right." And yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, what we might have found out is Marvin Menzies is a heck of a basketball coach. That's yeah, probably yeah. what we're finding out. But, well, and I, I just recruiting. I mean, that is the uh, that is the get off the bus intimidation team in the league. Cool. If there is one, I mean, they're. Yep. I mean, Allen and and Mitchell are six six three, six four, six five ish, and then they don't. I mean, they don't play anybody else under six seven, really. I mean, they're yeah, they're huge. So yeah. um, they definitely size definitely gave NDSU some issues, uh, you know, last weekend, uh, along with not playing defense for a half. So right. uh, that was that was part of the issue. Well, um, if, if those big guys grow too, hope. I mean, not grow size wise, but yeah, develop. But, that I guess yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. They're, Cause they're already physically gifted. Yeah. The great rebounders, great, great on the defensive end, lack, lack the skills offensively at this right. point a little bit. Yeah. Uh, next thing I want to touch on. So we got a new to- tournament format this year. Uh, all 10 teams make it. Uh, St. Thomas is getting in. Um, I know you guys discussed on the podcast a little bit on Sunday, the, the race for second um, behind, behind Oral Roberts, but I want to flip it around and, and talk about the race for seventh um who's gonna have to who else is gonna have to play in so I, i'm i haven't seen anything out of und denver and omaha uh that tells me they're gonna get out of those play-in games so at at this point uh who do you think is that that seventh team that that gets stuck in that first round play-in game before i answer this i should look at how many away games st thomas has um because because honestly i think it's probably st thomas uh, and I, just, I actually, they're... I have the notes on that. Uh, <laughs> they have uh, their only easy remaining games are on the road, Denver and Omaha. They haven't won on the road yet. Everything else, I believe, is at home except for their Western game. Okay. So uh, well, that helps they, quite a bit. Um, but oh no, they do have to come. They have to do the North Dakota trip because NDSU went okay. there first. So they have to come to UND and NDSU. Um, well, they'll have to, it'll actually all of that's going to be away. I must have wrote this down wrong because they <laughs> SD, SDSU and USD just played there, so they'll have to come to the oh, South yeah. Dakota schools yeah. as well. Yeah. So then, then it's then it's them. I they, they do have a little bit of magic at home, and they are a well coached team. But you're starting to see like Riley Miller. You barely he just you know there's nothing wrong with it. all the guys that play for them are. 17 times the athlete I will ever be. I mean, this isn't even a slight <laughs> on division three basketball players, but there is a difference and there's just too many uh, athletic deficiencies 
with, with that team still. And then the 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 players that are not don't don't have that issue are all freshmen. So it's it's just they're not being relied on yet. But Riley can't get open anymore. I think the book's kind of out, and and there's not enough guys to give him space either. So it you know I think they're they're let's be honest this two through seven you got me on every time I think I thought NDSU was on their way we're in good shape and then they they find a way to lose a couple and it's you go okay never mind I mean I just I just thought the guards had kind of grown up a little bit and then it just yeah yeah. I think so I I touched on that a little last week I think I think uh I think we might have reached the complacency status at five games in a row and kind of stopped working their tails off a little bit on the defensive end and it came out came out and bit them yeah. uh to drop those two at home but then we had then SDSU same thing looked like they're headed destined for that two seed they dropped two on the road shorthanded yeah. and all of a sudden they're back in the mix with everybody else and so uh yeah I I think that and the two is up in the air and I think uh if you're not the two or the three, would you rather end up six versus four, four or five? I, I think you, you almost do. Yeah. For tournament seating. Don't you? Yeah. I don't, I don't want any oral Roberts is better than South Dakota state last year. I think, yeah. I, I don't think that's, and that's not a slight to the only team to ever go through the whole league. And when I say better, I just mean, get them to the tournament and I'll take, I'd take that team to surprise teams in the tournament versus last year's South Dakota state team. Um, and I thought that team could do th- some things too, but I just think they're better. So I don't want anything to do with them in the tournament. As long as I have to, I'd rather get to the end when they've already played a few games and you never know what happens. Maybe somebody gets hurt or they have had times where they, uh, they uh, kind of ch- play with their food as Zach has said yep. on the podcast a little bit. Yeah. Don't they seem think to play to their competition the tur- a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I don't see that in a tournament format being the same. I just would prefer not to be back to the seven seed. If it isn't St. Thomas, it's probably South Dakota. Just no yeah, size, no yeah, size. That, so if they're not shooting the ball, they're in real trouble. Well, and they really, they've struggled. I think teams have discovered that weakness and yeah. have really attacked them lately. And they've, they've struggled. Um, and I didn't think Oral Roberts was going to beat them by 50, but that <laughs> size and athleticism, like you're just not going to get clean shots, and then you have nothing else to go off of. Yeah, I was not shocked that Tassos had a great game against St. St. Thomas that can't get out there, and then couldn't shoot at all yeah. against a team with length that's going to get out there every time. Well, so. and quick enough guards to defend the USD guards right. is is also right. a thing. Um, one other question on the on the first round: it, you think there's an advantage or disadvantage now this year for the two teams that are going to go against the one and the two? That you play the night before in that stadium, you get on the rims, you get on the court, you go up and down, uh, you're going to win a game, going to have a little momentum. Do they have a better shot at knocking off the one and two than they have in years past where they come in cold into that first game? Or do you think it's worse because your legs might be a little tired from the day before? I I, I think – I don't know how it can really be better – I, it's the thing we like to go off of when a team goes on a run that it's actually an advantage. I mean, I, we don't see anybody tanking to get to that seven seed. So <laughs> I guess that would tell me that it's not an advantage. Like nobody's at the five going, all right, if we just lose our last three games, we can probably yeah. get into that seven so we can build some momentum. Cause I mean, then they'd also be playing the 10, which this year is North Dakota, which, you know, is a very winnable game as, as the league has seen. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, who knows? A team can go on a run. We've seen lots of, but we've also seen Western Illinois a couple of times beat South Dakota yeah. State as the eight seed. So, like, at, at, at which beating South Dakota State isn't just beating the one; it's beating them at home. So, yeah, yeah, and that was yeah, it wasn't my my thought to get an advantage to get to those seeds. It was more just if that first game gives you a little bit of a leg up going into the trying to take down a giant versus going in going in cold and not playing for a week, but. I, I think we say whatever we want. Whatever, you know, whatever lose, happens, happens. Then we're like, their legs are tired. And if they win, we go, oh, they came in hot after their game. You know, like, uh, honestly, I think that's what analysts just use that. I don't think there's a coach that actually thinks there's one advantage one way or the other. Yeah. I could be. They, well, and I can't imagine you want it. I mean, the, the whole thing with that play-in game now is if you want to win the tournament from there, you got to win four games instead of three. Yeah, so that's, yeah. I mean, there's no, 
no team that wants to be in that position. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we touched a little bit. You, you mentioned ORU you think is better than the South Dakota State team last year. I, I agree. Uh, my question is, do you think they're better than the ORU team that made the Sweet 16 a couple of years ago uh, with this this year's club? Well, it's a lot of the same guys. That's yeah. that's part of it. Um, minus Kevin O'Banner, which was a big difference last year. Um, but uh, but you had Can- Connor Vanover and Patrick Mwamba, which are the main additions, mm-hmm. with mostly the same roster then after that. I don't know if M- 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 McBride wasn't on the team two years ago. Right. So uh, this team's better. Yeah. This I, team's better than that one. Kevin O'Banner is a great player. I wish he was still in the league. But uh, – um, oh, he wouldn't, he'd be done now, wouldn't he? Yeah. He, but, uh, oh, he's still playing at Texas Tech. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. He's just, he's um, still there. They're just not good this year. So you haven't heard. Yeah. yeah maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he should have transferred back real quick. Um, he has a better chance at the tournament now <laughs> at, at Oral Roberts, but I mean, get Von, Vanover has that ability to pop at seven, five. And I don't even know how you guard that. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, Mwamba gives them a little bit of grittiness on the defensive end. And yeah. the only other thing I'll honestly say about Oral Roberts, I, I, Paul Mills gets a little bit of a bad rap. I mean, he's got that, he, he, he is who he is. Right. And so like, I, I get why people don't like him, but I also think they then turn that into, he doesn't know how to coach basketball or isn't an X's and O's guy. That's how we say that. Right. Yeah. We say it in a real sideways way that he's not an X's and O guy. He can recruit or whatever. I don't know. That team finds matchups all over the place the guy can coach basketball and so like i will defend i always defend a little bit on that as because yeah. even now we'll go well we'll see what happens in the turn I, I mean any team can lose in that summer league tournament but yeah yeah and my thing so my thing on mills is i don't i think he's i don't i want to say he's a he's a he's a good coach i i'm not a fan of him but i'm not a fan of him because <laughs> of Lots of He's people. Not a good I mean, X's yeah. and O's guy. I'm not a fan of him because of the attitude and the whining and a lot of the stuff yeah, you see when yeah. things don't go his way. Now we haven't seen that Mills this season because they're 20 and four and yeah. you know undefeated in league play. So um, you know you haven't really seen that side of him this year. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, mean, I think I think they're better than the Sweet 16 team. It, you know, the thing they missed last year was that pick and pop guy. They got that in Vanover, and he affects things a lot more on the defensive end than O'Banner yeah. did. Um, so and then, they're better defensively this year than two years ago. It isn't even close. Yeah. And they're, and so, I mean, and, and just the experience, I mean, every single yeah. one of those guys has two more years of experience. So, um, yeah, I, I hands down think they're, they're better now and creeping up. I mean, they're 52 in the net. They yeah. could run the table. They could potentially lose in the championship game and still get an at large. It's going to be close yeah. depending on other tournaments, but um, and if they win their seed, I mean, they really could be looking at a pretty decent seed. I could see them getting all the way to 10 at this yeah. point. I mean, um, yeah, it, it'll, it'll, they're, again, it'll depend on what falls in other conference tournaments, but, um, right. but yeah, they're, I think the biggest thing with the ORU is do they, they wanted NDSU bad. They, they came out, they locked in, they played 40 minutes of in your face basketball, running up and down the floor, really locked in defensively in the second half. Uh, we've seen them go. I mean, they've struggled with Omaha twice, dude. And I, I didn't watch either of those games. Was there something particular that Omaha did that gave them trouble? Or is this just, or are you walking through it, sleepwalking through it? Cause they don't, didn't think they had to come out and play. You know, I, I don't remember the first game up, but the second game was, was recent. I, they just weren't hitting shots and Omaha was, and you know, I hate to say, Cause I mean, the only thing I'll say is like with South Dakota state last year, I don't know that we ever said when they had a close game, Oh, they just didn't come prepared or they weren't locked in. I mean, it, it just teams have games that, that don't go their way and they still beat Omaha by 12 or something in the mm-hmm. second game. It wasn't like they, uh, Kansas city was the one where they had to have that half quarter um, yeah. by max to win the game. Um, it's just hard to win. 18 league games and so at the 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 thing i will say south dakota south dakota state and north dakota state have all found out how much better that team can be that does not mean though that could either of those three teams beat them sure 
South Dakota State, it was the very first game of conference play. Yeah. And and of getting you know, they're a veteran, and solid team. Really, North Mayo, Dakota State, same thing. Like, yeah, and yeah. Mayo wasn't quite playing like Mayo has right. lately at that point. Uh so that was other last question on ORU. Has anybody beat him before Tuesday night in the Summit League tournament? And if so, who do you who do you think it is? If anybody was gonna beat them, I mean you could say South Dakota State with their uh home i i hate i hate to put field of the fire because they should never move that tournament from sioux falls but it is home like yeah i've been there like it's all blue um the only thing is you also get eight thousand people watching a random omaha north dakota game so like why would you move the thing yeah um but it's south dakota state certainly could surprise them but they just don't have the horses i don't think outside of zeke mayo yeah maybe easily comes back but he's he's still just he's a good defender and a complimentary guy a little bit i think north dakota state has the best shot yeah i would say ndsu the problem is ndsu play you know they got to go there and play and oh you know or you'll be ready uh and then tournament time tournament time would be the time they could potentially pull the upset i think uh kansas city i think could also i think just their size and their physicality and if allen and mitchell shoot well um they got a shot, but I, I yeah. really, yeah, I'm in the same boat. So As, uh, I'd vote, I'd cheer for any team to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, I'm just a summit league fan, but I felt the same way with South Dakota state last year. Like I do kind of want the team that is going to give us the best shot in the NCAA tournament to make the tournament. So like it is in the best interest of the league, I guess, for Oral Roberts to win. It just yeah. is. I mean, a team that you, could potentially be a 10 seed, Versus a bunch of playing game teams, <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah, yeah. You go ahead and feel that way. I'm still gonna cheer for. NDSU well, yeah, no, you there. shouldn't, and nobody, <laughs> nobody listening to this should feel that way. Like, I mean, and and don't get me wrong, I'll be watching that playing game in Vegas going crazy, but yeah, but and uh, honestly, but honestly, yeah. I'm in the same boat. If it's not NDSU, I want it to be ORU because I always yeah. want you know the best representation there because it helps the league as a whole. So, um, yeah, and even so two gonna, years ago, that Oral Roberts was the best team to get into the pl- tournament like they just yeah. were they were the most talented they just were so inconsistent so yeah i yeah. wish i really wish the year before that ndsu team would have got a shot at it because i think uh with vinnie shaheed tyson ward i think they were yeah. a team that could have potentially upset some people as well but yeah good old good old COVID happened yeah uh yeah. so two more and i'll let you get out of here um okay sdsu uh looks to have probably that I mean, everybody's got the same schedule, but as far as theirs goes, I think easiest remaining because their only road games are at Denver and at Omaha. They got everybody else at home. Uh, does that give them the inside track to the two seed playing everybody else at home outside of those two very winnable road games? That's probably the right answer because the home in a way has been such a big deal. And none of these teams are um, far and ahead above each other outside of oral roberts so that's probably the right answer i think just i mean i don't know losing that road game at western illinois like they're just not quite the same i i think the most talented team is north dakota state outside of outside of oral roberts especially now that they're realizing how to play through grant and uh andrew yeah and i i i agree um issue with ndsu is flip side they probably have the toughest remaining schedule they got to yeah, go to the yeah. south dakotas this week they have to make the orukc trip yet um before finishing <sighs> with with western and st thomas at home so yeah, um uh, is, so, there, I mean, a road, is there a road is there a road to yeah <laughs> is there a road to the two seed with that trip i don't you know i don't know so that'd be uh, impressive if they do well that that will be Coach i think they, they will have deserve to. that extension if they get the two seed <laughs> after that yeah, I think they have to get the. Uh, I think they have to get the South Dakota games this weekend uh, in order to get to the two seed. I I would I would assume and uh, USD right now. Uh, who knows what's going on there? I I, yeah. I just think their teams have started attacking them inside and and have locked down. I mean, they've realized. I think Cruz Perro Hunt at the start of league play caught people off guard and yeah. was lighting them up, and they've you know they were keying. You know, you got Paul Bruns, you got AJ Plitzel White, you got, you know, uh, every mate Archambeau there. And uh, I think they realized that that KPH is the guy and have locked in on him. And since then, their offense seems to just yeah. really, really stall out. So uh, 
hopefully they can get that one. Any you see anybody else giving NDSU trouble for for from South Dakota this Thursday in that game? No, no, I, I that one that's a horrible matchup for South Dakota. So I, I, I see, uh, I see Kansas City. All right, I mean uh, North Dakota State getting that one. That makes sense. Yeah, we're hopeful. I'm hopeful uh, that <laughs> it goes that way, and then set up the big one Saturday at at SDSU. And um, I got Tim yeah. Tim on to do, we we're previewing that one. So um, gotcha. we'll we'll get into in deep on that one because that's obviously going to be a little more more than anything else but uh todd appreciate it a ton thanks for jumping on um everybody check out uh reaching the summit podcast on sunday evenings i believe you release usually episodes usually sundays um so as we mentioned this last week's episode is great uh great interview i'm a big fan uh i don't i'm blanking on his name but uh michael watson michael watson yeah um i've watched a few kansas city games um this year and in he has such a good time with it he's loose with it yeah. he's knowledgeable as a player in the league so um big big fan of his so if yeah. people get a chance definitely go check that out awesome. as well all right thanks a ton todd we will all right yeah thanks Brent. talk to you soon yeah thanks again for with uh to todd for taking some time to join me this week to talk summit league hoops uh, always good chatting with him uh, and definitely be sure to check out uh, the reaching the summit uh, men's basketball podcast uh, with him, Greg Steeman and Zachary Dosh that they, they do weekly a uh, great way to stay in tune with uh, everything that's going on in the summit league. They do a really good job uh, covering league wide. Um, as we discussed a little bit there at the end, USD uh, just kind of key to previewing that matchup for the men this week is um, hammer the ball inside. It's what teams have been doing to, to USD. They just lack interior presence. Uh, Andrew Morgan should be back this week. Uh, Grant Nelson, obviously, um, is who he is. So get the ball into those guys. Keep working it through those guys uh, and just make sure that, you know, our guards are ready to shoot and cut and slash when uh, when they get doubled. And uh, hopefully that one will be be one that uh, NDSU can can snag fairly easily. Uh, it was a bit of a struggle uh, against USD here at home and KPH uh, kind of went off in that game. We just struggled to contain them a little bit. So hopefully Got a little bit better game plan for that, and the team can can rock uh, down there against South Dakota down in Vermillion. Um, so moving on, uh, I'm not going to preview SDSU myself here. I got interview with Tim Hill uh, coming up here. We're going to talk um, what's been going on with SDSU. They've been shorthanded. They've had some guys in and out. Um, they can, lost a couple of road games, had a big win on Monday. So we'll talk everything that's kind of been going on at SDSU um as we head into the the key matchup on saturday uh and we'll preview that as well uh and then i'll come back after that and we'll take a look at the women's side so with that we'll get to the interview with tim now i'd like to welcome to the podcast uh tim hill uh from his podcast uh from my view uh which is available i believe on spotify um and he also uh, takes part in writing uh, and posting some stuff on Reaching the Summit podcast with me uh, and some other writers there. So, Tim, welcome to the show. And uh, go ahead and just kind of tell everybody about your podcast uh, as well and where they can find that at. Yeah, thanks for having me on, BG. Always, uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. We always have great banter and chemistry in the chats and on Twitter. So it's fun to always shoot the breeze with uh, someone who doesn't take things so serious and can actually have good uh good constructive conversations coming from rival schools. So I always love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, my, my podcast from my view um, had a couple of holdups with, uh, I do a lot of stuff with St. Thomas just because they're in town here. I work about 10 minutes away from their campus. So I get over there a lot, but with their recent news uh, with their new uh, developments and donations, uh, everything's been kind of put on hold. So I've been scrambling lately to put out because <laughs> every time I try to schedule uh, things, they got a, a real news source coming in to. Uh, yeah, they got bigger fish to fry, and, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I got to get back onto it. But yeah, my show, from my view, um, for those that don't know me, I, I am an SDSU alum. I, I love my Jackrabbits. But uh, I started uh, when joining Reaching Summit Group covering Oral Roberts. So I talk about them a lot. 
Um, and then St. Thomas just naturally kind of fell in with those guys being that I'm in Minneapolis, St. Paul region. So it was easy to start watching summit hoop games live and then just got to know guys there. And so I like to do a lot of coaches and player interviews and kind of give a, a, a broader view of the league from kind of an unbiased opinion, I guess you could say. Un unbiased as it can be being a, being a jackrabbit <laughs> fan anyway right we don't we don't hold it against them even though even though tim's a jackrabbit fan um so with that we're gonna we're gonna jump into it uh we got sc let's talk a little bit scsu um last week we dropped a couple on the road um st thomas just didn't play very well uh went to western started the game phenomenally and then they got masnered in the second half uh and forgot how to play in overtime um oh, but I then picked mazzard. up yeah got <laughs> mazzard they weren't the only team last week that's for that's for sure uh and then uh but came back uh huge i had to watch the game monday night on the road against kansas city um and what a game a heck of a game down the stretch uh but pulled that one out on the road so just kind of run through from your view um, as a Jacks fan, just kind of what, uh, what you saw in those three games and uh, what they need to kind of fix going forward. I know they were a little shorthanded last weekend. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, that was kind of part of the problem. Uh, the St. Thomas game, just because uh, the, the Alex Airy news from my understanding was very uh, late uh, coming. It wasn't, it didn't sound like, I still don't really know. I just have been told personal reasons. And when I hear personal reasons, I don't like to dig into that to know what it is. That is something that should be kept private, in my opinion. Uh, so I didn't dig into that, but I think whatever it was caught them off guard late, late notice. I don't think they're fully prepared to go with, you know, three guards, really, um, because they're still without Charlie Easley. Um, and really, they just have beyond that Zeke, who's awesome. Matt Mims, who's become a, a tremendous two-way player. Uh, and then the fre freshman Tanner Slaw, who's, you know, going through some freshman growing pains. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I think with St. Thomas, they love to play fast. They love to play deep. They'll they'll go 10 guys, yeah. sometimes 11. And I think that kind of wore them out a little bit. Um, Zeke had a great game, but no one else was really, really clicking in that one. Um, and so that that's kind of forgivable, I guess you could say, just because of, you know, being shorthanded, but then, yeah, I think the, the, uh, the Western game, I don't know how, like, it felt like everything was clicking. They're back on it. They're playing tremendous at first half, making good shots, playing efficient offense. But then, as you said, they, they got massnered, uh, in that second half. And, uh, Jacob on our podcast, he, he even, he even said it, like, I think master only had like nine points at one point. And he goes, I feel like something's coming here. <laughs> Boom, next thing you know. Guy uh, finishes with 30. Yeah. I think I think, you know, with them, uh, the second halves in particular, they're they're only playing seven guys. And I think the gas tanks were ran low in both of those games. Cause both, you know, good first halves, I guess you could say. And then both games, second half started to really unwind. We saw yeah, that I think I would I just touch on that. I think uh Mims especially, you know, trying to defend Masner. I mean, he's playing he played 36-ish minutes at St. Thomas. All of a sudden he's 35 plus at Western, trying to defend a guy like Masner, who's a first team all leaguer for on tired legs is not not an easy thing to do down the stretch. No, if there if there wasn't a guy named Max Ace Miss, Masner might be you know, in the driver's seat for player of the year in the conference right now. Yeah. Just one of those guys that can explode for a 30 burger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah three, three of them, three of them last week, 99 points in a week. I, That's, absolutely ridiculous. And then the shots he was making too. It's not like he was just jacking and getting lucky. He was making contested shots. Yeah. That was an insane performance that he put on and uh, good for him. Cause then they finally got a good broadcast, uh, uh, crew in there yeah. <laughs> yeah a guy makes sports center where they got their choppy computer feed broadcast and all of a sudden their <laughs> game's on an espn platform i don't know i don't know what the difference was there but so, hopefully it stays that way well. yeah yeah I, I was gonna be i'll be honest with you i had really low expectations when the jacks went into kc 
that's basically the the last team you want to see on the back end of a road trip when you're shorthanded, you're gassed, and you're going up against, you know, from, you know, one through five, maybe the biggest team in the league. Yeah, easily. Um, most physical probably as and well. The most physical, and they just get after you and hound you, and uh, they rebound the crap out of the ball. It was about as perfect of a half as the Jacks could play uh, that first half, shot the ball real well, out-rebounding Kansas City, but it still felt like, man, this feels like a tie game. Yeah, well, it was just – it was about this. <laughs> yeah, Kansas City was – I mean, they were missing, you know, paint shots, you know, just rolling out, and you had, you know, open threes that guys are getting that they weren't falling, and you kind of watch and you're like, I these either are going to go or it's just not KC's night. And so, you know, that second half, they came back, put it into a ball game at the end and, and SDSU just came up with a big defensive play, but yeah, to, to pull that out, like you said, I mean, that was their third game in, in six days and uh, five days, even there was only a day off in between each one. So yeah, um, yeah I, I was a big win. They much needed win. I think you oh, go, yeah. you'd fall, you'd have, they'd have fell from fourth or from second to fifth, I think in one weekend, if they wouldn't have won that game. So um Huge, huge salvage of their road trip with that one. Oh, absolutely. That was a, a must win and kind of a season, you know, season saving in a way as drastic, drastic as it sounds kind of win because you you lose three straight with what they were going through at that time. That's kind of one of those things where mentally. Yeah, spiral quickly. Oh, yeah. Spiral is a great way to put it. Absolutely. So, the one thing I've noticed lately about SDSU, I mean, they've got, you know, lost a couple of those couple of games just talked about, but they haven't really blown anybody out lately either. Um, offensively, they seem to, to me, seem to rely on Mayo almost too much. It, it is, have you noticed, I think teams are really getting after Detlinger in the post. Um, William Kyle, when he, when he's on the floor has been really good, but outside of that, the rest of the team seems to kind of gone silent offensively and it, they kind of go, if Mayo's not shooting well, it gets ugly quick. So have you, is that kind of what you've seen? What, what have yeah. you taken from their offense the last couple of weeks? Yeah. I, I think you hit it on the point on, on the dot there. Um, it, it, it's all predicated on, on Zeke Mayo because really, you know, even when Arians was in the lineup, like Arians is a safe point guard, because they, they like to do that two-man point guard. He's a safe guy, the guy you can kind of trust, but he's not going to really elevate the way Zeke can to mm-hmm. go 30 regularly uh, on occasion. But now you don't have, you know, uh, guys on the perimeter that can shoot it consistently, like a Charlie Easley uh, and Alex Arians and a Matt Mims, you know, those guys rotating through fresh legs. And fresh legs is a key to you know being a good three point shooting team. Yeah, absolutely. And and what we've seen in the post is they got a lot of guys. You know, they got four guys they can rotate, but really Moore's and 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 Lean, they're they're more kind of just gritty minute eaters right now. From what I've watched, neither is spectacular offensively. Um, Deadlinger's got some good moves, but yeah, like you were saying. They, they kind of opposing teams can really, you know, double down, dig in. Uh, Cause he's not the quickest guy in the world. He's a great player, but you know, not fleet of foot. Uh, yeah. And Will Kyle, he's got a lot of moves, but you know, he's not going to score outside of 10 feet. And so there's a, their offense is very limited right now uh, with what they have going on. Yeah. So uh, easily, do you have a, I know, He's supposed to be getting close. Have you heard anything on when, his return? Yeah. So when I was talking to them uh, when they're up here in St. Paul, uh, they were putting him through workouts. It sounds like he's getting close uh, to returning. Uh, does that mean this weekend? I don't know. Hopefully not. <laughs> um, <laughs> if maybe next weekend, I, I don't really know. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but yeah, I do know they they were putting him through you know more rigorous workouts to to kind of gear him up. We get him uh, back into game shape. He's missed some time, so yeah, shape. I mean that's oh, yeah. that's tough to do. I know these um, are college these these are college kids, but man, yeah, 
basketball shape is a lot different. <laughs> a lot different, but you can do all the running and conditioning you want, but basketball shape is a different shape. Um, so let's take a, let's uh, dive into the matchup. Uh, NDSU, SDSU, look, looking back in Fargo, six point NDSU win. Wasn't wasn't a pretty game. It's not the uh, wasn't the games we've seen from NDSU and SDSU over the last couple of years. That's for sure. Um, but a gritty, tough, grinded out game. Uh, SDSU, I felt like lucked into some points early. I mean, Moore's hit uh, his first two threes right out of the gate. Lean hit his first three. Then they combined to shoot over twelve uh, the rest of the game. Um, and then uh, I think the biggest storyline was Jakari White, uh, whose role kind of had grown up to that point, uh, really slowed down Mayo. I mean, we talked about how the offense goes as Mayo goes uh, five for 17 uh, from the floor and over five from three in that game. So SDSU had struggled to find some offense uh, and NDSU offensively just <laughs> did what they've been doing, pushing into the post. Morgan had 24 and 13. Nelson didn't have his best game, 17 and eight. Um, had a little flower trouble, I believe, in the first half. Uh, did have one fantastic poster in that game, but uh, but other than that, um, yeah, saw that I mean, one way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> so, other than that, I mean, just kind of an ugly game. What was your, I mean, anything other than both yeah, teams have come a long way from that than, than what we saw in that one? Yeah, I think you know, at that time, both teams were still trying to figure out what they were really, you know, Dave's putting together, you know, a backcourt on the fly with a bunch of freshmen and, you know, Jakari being a sophomore. Um, it was starting to develop. That's kind of when NDSU went on that nice little run streak. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and SDSU was kind of still figuring things out. Didn't have a great flow offensively. I think it will be kind of ugly for the rest of the year with SDSU. Uh, they have played terrific defense for the most part, so they've relied more on that. Um, I think we're probably going to see more of the same this weekend just because SDSU is still shorthanded. Um, no idea um, if Easley or Arians is back. So if they're not, they're going to be running seven, uh, seven guys in and out. Dave, not really an up-tempo style. So I think we're going to probably see more of a, a rock fight again, not maybe your classic, like you said, <laughs> SDSU and DSU games that we've become accustomed to and spoiled to. Uh, but you know, I think it, I think it could be a fun matchup. Um, you know, again, I, you know, you can't count anything out when these two guys go, these two teams go at it. I think what what you alluded to with how Jakari really made things tough on Zeke, uh, that's gonna be the difference. Can can Zeke adjust to that, uh, knowing that. NDSU has someone other than Bowden who can guard on the perimeter, you know, yeah, and a little uh, combo action at him with that. Yeah. And I think, I think he'll, I think he'll see, I think he'll see three different matchups uh, on Saturday. If, if I, I just have a hunch, I think he'll get, I think he'll get Jakari to start. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Bowden spent some time on him. And I also wouldn't be surprised if Wheeler Thomas, uh, especially if Arians and Easley are not back and Zeke's got to run that point, I wouldn't be surprised to see Damari pick him up and, and defend him full court because he's just wear him out, you know, harass him the entire game. So um, I think, I think that's the key hundred percent is yeah. can they slow down Mayo? Cause if they hold them to the 13, 15, whatever he had points the last time um, I, I don't, do you have any idea at SDSU have any plan to stop Andrew Morgan and Grant Nelson? I mean, what, what, I, what can they really do matchup wise? Yeah. I think you're probably going to see, you know, a lot of Will Kyle, Grant Nelson, you know, being more of the athletic guys going at each other. And I, I don't know if you always want to put your best, you know, guys on each other just because you need their offense on the other end, but really athletically, they're the only two that can really match up with each other. And then you got your big bruisers, Dan Morgan, uh, that are going to go at each other. And then, you know, both teams, you guys got your uh, Josh Strait. Or is it Strait? <laughs> How do you say Strait. Strait. Yep. And and then uh, Bro- Broden and, and Moore's kind of those gritty meat minute eaters. They'll, you know, swing through. But uh, I think we're going to get a lot of intriguing 
uh, one-on-one matchups. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, you know, Kyle versus Grant, uh, Andrew versus Dent. You know, who can win those battles? It's it's almost kind of like a wrestling duel. Um, the way it looks like, just gotta win your win your matchups down the line. Yeah, and don't or if or if you know you're probably gonna lose your match, don't give up bonus points. Right. Kind of that mentality. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's going to be, you know, I, I really predict it to be another 50s, 60s point ball game just because outside of Zeke, there's not another high volume score. Uh, I mean, Will is coming along great. Had a, he was really he had his best career high against uh, yeah. KC on Monday, right? I think 20, yeah. 20 points. So, I mean, Zeke went off, but I'd probably say that Kyle was probably the player of the game in that one just because of what he brought in the post, the rebounding, you know, not letting them get too many easy buckets at the rack uh, with his, you know, doesn't always block a lot of shots, but he alters a lot of shots. And he's just a really smart kid, really smart player. Uh, yeah, if I, I noticed a lot with you, it seems like he has, for some reason, has open dunks underneath the basket all the time, and it's because yeah. he moves and positions well off of the ball uh, and gets himself in space. So, yeah, he's he's the uh, – the other key, I think, NDSU has to focus on. I think matchup-wise, I think Morgan Strite can defend Dent okay. Um, I think the other guards from NDSU can can defend SDSU's, you know, other guards just fine. So it's really, you know, can Kyle defend Nelson without fouling? I think that's going to be the big key because if he gets into foul trouble, but it's also vice versa. Can, can yeah. Nelson? I don't. I don't foresee. I, I don't know. I don't know what NDSU will do. But, it, you know, SDSU hasn't really Matt played Dent and Kyle at the same time all that often. Um, and that would be the only way I think that NDSU would get in trouble is if Grant has to defend Kyle. Uh, if he's not, you know, not in there, I don't I, – Grant will be on Moores or, or Lean or whoever else is out there, I think. So, uh, yeah, I think, should be you know. should be a fun one. Yeah, that as usual. Hendo's Hendo's kind of forced to roll with a three-man uh, front court right now. <laughs> so we will, you know, get more Dent and Kyle out there together, just because. I mean, there's no way else to rotate it right now if they got to roll with seven guys. Um, yep. So it'll probably be a slow game, clog it up, just because there's going to be so many big bodies out there at a lot of the time, um, which might not hurt. SDSU just because you know your guard core at NDSU has really come a long ways um and because you have a lot of guys that you can throw at Zeke or Mims um maybe you know having it slowed down a little bit might benefit them where it's lower possessions lower scoring yeah I think that contrary to everything that Dave Richmond basketball has been over the last however many years this might be the one game where if, you know, especially if Arians uh, is, is not back out there um, that, you know, last, last weekend NDSU or against UND the other night, you know, we ran five guards out there. I mean, Waddle's got some significant playing time. You know, Jakari was out there um, to Javis Miller's looks to be back healthy and he's a, he's a weapon. So, I mean, if they're out there running with Wheeler Thomas and Skunberg, um I don't, you know, I think pushing the pace a little bit could be to NDSU's advantage in this one, depending on what SCSU has for matchups. Yeah, if I if, if I was on that, you know, if it was my choice, I guess you could say, if I was on in the NDSU war room, I would say we get we got to push it. Yeah. It's kind of against our usual MO, but I would push the pace if I was them, which is so role reverse because SDSU has always been up tempo. Yeah, team. it's usually been completely it's opposite. Always been to slow it down physical beat you up team and but i think they always kind of got to reverse roles in this one for either team to be successful yeah and i think it, it just comes down to does date because the, the problem with ndsu so far this season has been when they've pushed it that's when at times they've they've just made silly mental turnovers and mistakes and this is going to be a game where you can't take possessions where you don't get a shot off i think you got to get every advantage you can because as you said sdsu defensively is probably playing one of the stronger defensive performances of the season in the league. I think they're, they're in the top, top couple as far as metrics go defensively. So, yeah. so yeah, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see if they, 
if we play first one to 50 game or if uh, <laughs> if somebody opens it up a little bit. But um, looking forward to it as always should be should be a good one. Um, but with that, my my ticker is accounting counting down here. <laughs> so we will uh, we will get you out of here. I appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll we'll chat again. Um, I, I know you cover ORU in St. Thomas, so maybe we'll have to get you back on to preview uh, one of those matchups coming up here later later in the season. Hey, absolutely. I'll probably pull you on uh, as well for a future ORU game and UST game as well. So definitely get those fillers with uh, some of these get these teams. They're they're hard to uh, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thanks a ton for your time, Tim. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, BG. Thanks a ton to Tim for, for joining me this week and talking uh, SDSU. Uh, be a big game Saturday. Uh, see if the NDSU men can can kind of take a step in the right direction to get towards that two seed. Uh, as I just, we discussed with Todd earlier, getting that two to three seed is is crucial. You don't want to be on the same side as, as Oral Roberts come, come tournament time. So a couple of big games on the road this weekend. Uh, I think NDSU's got the talent to do it. We just can they defend and can they uh, take care of the basketball well enough uh, to get those wins? So moving over to the women's side, um, going to be short and brief this week. We're already kind of out of time, um, but I did want to just touch on last week's game. You know, went up to UND. Um, UND was desperate for that win. Um, they needed it. They NDSU had owned them the last few years. Uh, and it, it kind of showed on the court um, that, you know, they played hard. They gave it their everything and uh, a, bit, a tough third quarter for NDSU uh, where they got outscored by 13 points kind of led to the downfall, even though NDSU came storming back in the fourth, really started to apply some pressure, got as close as within seven uh, kind of late in the last few minutes of the game, uh, but ended up with a nine point loss. Really, honestly, uh, I watched the game. NDSU had every opportunity to win it. Um, not a horrible amount of turnovers, all things considered, um, with the way they played. They, you know, they finished with 20. Um, it, it's too many. Uh, but really what cost them in this game was just they I think they had probably 10 shots, uh, you know, within eight feet of the basket that that rolled in and out. L Evans only went four, 14, and 0 for four from three. Uh, on good looks, um, just couldn't get him to fall. Taylor Brown struggled a little bit to get him to fall. Abby Draper I, went 0 for 6, um, or 1 for 6, excuse me, uh, inside the three-point line, and and I think four of them were in and out. So um, yeah, I don't really think they played bad. Abby Graham was 1 for 4, same same kind of issue. Uh, went in for layups, just couldn't get him to fall. So uh, in a nine-point game, you got, you know, 10, 10 shots, uh you know, that, that could have went, that's, that's 20 points worth. So uh, even if they get half of those, uh, it's more than enough to get the win. So uh, even though NDSU lost that game, it's, it was on the road uh, against the, you know, top four, top four or five team in the summit league. Um, and it, it, I, I don't think they played poorly enough to cause concern. Uh, and so it, it still came away from that game feeling okay uh, about the team um, would have been a big win to get as far as, uh, league standings go uh, allowed USD to kind of creep up within a half a game of them, um, and so we'll we'll kind of see where that goes. But that brings us to this week, two huge ones uh, in the shack. Uh, the top three teams in the Summit League for women's basketball are all playing uh, in the shack this week. NDSU currently the two seed uh, has USD Thursday night. Uh, they got they kind of stole one on the road from USD. Uh, first time they won there in a long time. First time anybody had won in Vermilion in a long time. Um, and so uh, looking to, to sweep USD on the season and really give them a, a leg up and a stranglehold a little bit on that on that two seed uh, going in toward down the stretch here towards the Summit League tournament. Um, as as we discussed on uh, on the first game back when we did that podcast, uh, USD goes as Grace Larkins goes. So uh, she had 30 in that first matchup. Um, it, it took her 23 shot attempts to get there, but I, NDSU's got a, the key has to be to hold her under 30. Uh, you got to keep her in the twenties. Um, and then they got a pretty good shot at, at winning that one Thursday night, a great crowd to go a long way. Uh, love to see a crowd for a women's game. Like we saw in the men's games the last couple of weeks, um, be fantastic to see that. 
And then SDSU comes to town on Thursday or on Saturday, excuse me. Um, things did not go well uh, down in, in Brookings when we met earlier this year, 35 to nine first quarter. Uh, I kind of recap that uh, once upon a time uh, after that happened the week after uh, not the showing NDSU was hoping for SDSU came out ready to roll um, 194 to 63. Uh, but they also throttled USD um, the next week and, and UND that weekend as well. So SDSU was just kind of on a mission, all those games at home. Um, SDSU has not been as good on the road. They've had some, they've had some close games on the road, uh, in the last month. Um, you know, just, just Denver was only a 10 point win. They only beat Omaha by seven. Um, and so if you're, if you're going to get SDSU, it's going to be, uh, when they're on the road. So uh, a huge game would be a, a tremendous win, uh, for this women's program, a big statement win. You got to know, uh, ladies are going to come out motivated after, after the the beating they took in in the first one, so um, get out and support these ladies. Uh, they deserve it. Great team. NDSU. I, I saw a tweet has never finished uh, in the number two in the standings in Summit League history since it was formed, since they joined. So a lot on the line. Um, you know these two games are huge. Uh, biggest ones that'll be in the shack uh, down the stretch, of course, um, for the women's team. They finish a bunch on the road. Um, and so we got to get out there and support them. Uh, and to help with that, uh, I am giving away two tickets to the SDSU NDSU women's game Saturday afternoon. Um, pretty simple directions. Uh, I'm sure you've done it for a lot of things before. Uh, find the, find the account on Twitter. Give me a follow, um, like the tweet for the podcast this week and retweet it. Uh, and you'll be entered, uh, and I'll draw those on Friday and notify the winner um, as soon as uh, I do that drawing Friday afternoon. So um, please, please do get on there, follow the Twitter account, uh, check out the video um, from the Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast for the National uh, Girls and Women in Sports Day. It's a great video while you're there, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, and then follow, like, and retweet. Uh, this week's episode and get yourself a chance to win a couple of tickets to to Saturday's game. So uh, that's where I'll leave it. Uh, we're well over time. So thanks a ton for tuning in and we will see you back here again next week. 